0: This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability for CPA show, where we're always learning how to build better clients, a better practice, and a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. So we are living in a very fast-changing world. We're CPA and yet we're CPAs. How do we not get left behind with all the automation going on with all the new technology, blockchain, AI, um, even just Zoom, right? How do we adapt to this world and actually create competitive advantages for ourselves? So we're going to discover today. We're just going to walk through it. We're just going to have a discussion and talk about what is it that we need to do in our profession and what do we need to do individually so that we're adapting to these changes? So the first thing we want to do, of course, is look at what changes are here, what changes are coming. Um, First of all, I think everybody talks about the new normal all the time. Zoom meetings, I think are a new normal. My experience, um, over the years, so I started, you know, when I started my career, we met with clients in the office, um, that was 40 years ago. So we met with clients in the office, and we, um, you know, we talked to them, and we went over things uh, in person. Um, about 15 years ago, I started speaking with Robert Kiyosaki, and we were all over the world, certainly all over the country, and so we had a lot of people asking for our services, and we didn't, have offices and and we tried so so the first thing we did was that oh we need an office on the east coast we need an office on the west coast so we actually set up an office on the east coast we set up an office on the west coast and we found that nobody actually came to our office so it didn't matter that we had offices people didn't want to come there what they really wanted to do was interface with us phone fax and email well that was before video conference right So we didn't have fast enough internet speeds. We didn't have the good video conferencing. Now we've got really great video conferencing. I'm actually quite impressed with what Zoom has done even in the last year to improve their video conferencing capabilities and and go to webinars, you know, and there are others as well, right? So now the question is, do your clients really want to meet with you in person? And I'm going to tell you, there are a few. They wanna come and meet with you in person. Now we don't have anybody in our office, we have no clients that come to meet with us in person. That is, and that's really a function of how we've evolved as a practice. And our clients are all over the country and frankly, they're all over the world. So we don't, we, we can't meet with them in person. The reality is, here's what I found. So when, when I meet with somebody in person, it takes about two hours to do what I need to do with them. If I meet with them on a video conference call or a phone call, it's never more than an hour. So I think about, and, and here's the thing, I mean, how much of that two hours can we bill, right? Are we really gonna bill the full two hours when we're spending 20 minutes chatting, you know, and, and doing bonding rapport and things like that? That's a, that's a, it's a tough one, right? Whereas if we're spending an hour of efficient time on a Zoom call, a scheduled meeting, are we going to bill for that? Absolutely. We're going to bill 100%. We're never going to have a write-off. And, we're, and at the same time, we can have multiple people in the, in the meeting. They don't have to be in our same location. We have, um, we have staff who live in different locations. Okay, we're, we, it's not just clients, but our staff. Now they started with us in our in our you know home location, and then they moved, but they stayed with us because they want us to still work with us. They just for whatever reason, personal reasons, they decided to uh, move to a different town. Well, what we're seeing is, I mean, if you look at what's going on in the in the world, and you see what we call what they're calling urban flight, right? What's happening is is people are going. I don't have to be there. I can work remotely. Now, I think that that urban flight is going to, you know, I think it's expanding. I think it's going to contract again. But I don't think it's ever, I don't think we'll ever see the requirements for office space that we've seen ever again. We have members who have 5,000 square feet of office space who are looking to reduce that to 1,500 square feet. So think about the cost savings of not having that office space. Um, Video conferencing is way cheaper than office space, right? Now, there are certain things that you have to do to make it work, right? First of all, you really do need to record your calls. So I, I strongly recommend that any call you have gets recorded, and I suggest that you send a summary of that call to your client afterward. Okay, so that they know what assignments are going to happen, what are things are going to happen. And here's another idea. I suggest you set up the next call before you terminate the current call. So I th- here's, here's what we have to think about. What is automation going to replace and what can't automation replace? Okay, so automation will never replace the personal interaction right i mean we are social animals this this crisis has uh, proved that more than ever that we are social animals that need social contact and want social contact and crave social contact so because of that that social interaction actually is a big part so when we do our for example we have our master class coming up and we take a lot of time on those social skills Because those social skills, that social interaction, that personal interaction with the client is critical, not just from a bonding rapport standpoint, okay? It is critical from that standpoint. But it's also because another thing that I don't think computers are ever going to do, at least not in my lifetime, and I plan to live till 150, okay? Just so you know, I've just entered middle age, okay, in my book. So in my lifetime, in the next... 90 years, I, do not, I don't think that computers are going to take over the cognitive process. In other words, I think that we're still going to be needing to ask questions. I think we're still going to be needed for evaluating and analyzing. What we're not going to be needed for is reporting. So if, if your business is predicated on reporting, and that's where 90% of your income comes from, I think you're in trouble. Okay, I really do. I think you are in trouble. Um, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but five years from now, probably. Ten years from now, without question. You know, I mean, look at the evolution and how fast things have evolved. I mean, we have, I mean, look at the big tech, the big tech companies have just killed it. In, in this crisis, the big tech companies have won, and they're never going to give it up. They're not going to give up their space right? I mean, Amazon is the Walmart of the, uh, of the two thousands, right? They're going to, they're going to take over the small business. They're going to push out, um, you know, the small businesses. The same thing is the the same thing is happening in our profession. You've seen this mass consolidation and the big CPA firms are pushing out the small. Now you're going, you know, if you're 65 years old and you're going, this is great. I'm going to sell my practice. Okay. That's fine. What if you're 30 or 40 years old? What if you're starting? Most of our members, by the way, are under 40. Most of the members of the Wealth Building Network are under 40. And the reason is because I think that they can see where the profession's going. All right? It's very tough for an old guy like me to to actually, you know, I'm not great with technology. It's amazing that I can actually record a um, podcast like this, right? This is like... This has taken some effort on my part, right? I didn't grow up with technology. I mean, I grew up with television. That was the technology that we had. Um, my parents grew up with radio, all right? And now, you know, my granddaughter's growing up with an iPad, and an iPhone, and a computer. I mean, she's doing school this year on the computer, right? So what's going to happen is, is this going to happen more and more and more? So we have to look at, all right, So how do we adapt our profession and our practice to doing more analysis and less reporting? To me, that's the number one key. I mean, imagine, I mean, how hard is it going to be for a QuickBooks or a Xero to automatically, I mean, if you add in blockchain, which is an automatic audit process, right? I mean, fundamentally it's an automatic audit process. If you add in blockchain to a zero or QuickBooks and they can pull off the information online, you have to set it up. Okay. That's something that we're going to have to do. You set it up, but once it's set up, it should be run automatically and it should pull all that information off of bank accounts and investment statements and should automatically populate reporting. And since it's already audited, auditing won't be necessary. Then what it's going to do is we've already seen, we've got programs now with OCR that translate it directly to a tax return. Well, what's really going to happen, it's going to translate directly from, so the bank account's going to come into the, the zero account, the zero account then going to go into the tax return account. And all we're going to do is look at it and say, yeah, that's right. I know accounts right now that, that rely so heavily on the computer that they really don't know what goes into the tax return. Now, I don't. I think we need to understand. But the reason I think we need to understand what goes into a tax return is because I believe that we need to analyze what's going into a tax return. I mean, a good example. Okay, so I'm doing, I'm actually reviewing a tax return this morning, and it has excess business interest. Now, those of you who are familiar with real estate know that. You know, the goal of every real estate developer is to increase the value and then pull out all of the money through a refinancing and send that money off to the investors. So you end up with a loan that's actually greater than your original loan, right? You end up with a new loan that's greater than your original loan, which means that you have interest expense that's not tied to your old property. That interest expense is really tied to whatever you're gonna use it for. Well, you got this excess business interest. What are you gonna do with it? You have to trace it. That's the type of thing that I think in the, in the short term, that's the reporting side of what we're gonna be doing is analyzing the reporting, making sure that it's the, uh, to the best benefit. So the question is, is that excess business interest expense deductible? Well, as we know, the answer is always Depends on what it was used for, right? What was the money used for? That's the analysis. That's the questions. That's why we ask the questions. So, what we have to do is we need to learn how to ask questions and analyze what's going on so that we can ask better questions. Okay? Because the question is really should not be is that excess business interest deductible? Because then the answer is always it depends, right? The better question is, how do I make that excess business interest deductible? That's what the client wants to know. They don't want to know whether it's deductible or not. They want to know how to make it deductible. Well, that's really easy. Okay, spend the money, reinvest the money in business or reinvest the money in real estate, and then it's deductible. It's black and white. Okay, so what we want to look at is we want to examine our practice, and look at what are we doing now that is of most value to our clients that will continue and will increase in value over time. And the reason analysis adds so much value, and here's the, here's the odd thing. I found so many CPAs just in the last year that have come to me and say, we don't bill for consulting. We bill for tax returns and the consulting's included. You've got to backwards bill for the consulting include the tax return because eventually the tax return is going to be done by a computer eventually you're not going to be doing the tax return anyway so why not just include it now we're going to that next year we're we're actually going to be including the tax return as just part of the the total process so i love i love when practices bill on a flat fee basis they bill on a monthly basis as long as it's not tax return or um, financial statement driven, as long as it's consulting driven, what, what we have to de- devise in our practices is a system for providing consulting. And that's actually what we've done at WealthAbility is we've come up with a system provi- for providing tax consulting. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a tax guy, y'all know that. And so we've, we're providing a system for, provide, for, for doing tax consulting. That's, that's, what, that's one of the things we provide to our network, is a system to provide tax consulting. Well, if you look at the tax law, which I'm a total tax geek, you all know that, right? So I'm a total tax geek, and I look at the tax law, and I'm going, wait a minute, there's a, there's a system here, okay? There, is, there, there's a, there are patterns. As, whenever there are patterns, we can put it into a system. So you want to write that down. Whenever there's a pattern, you can put it into a system. Now that includes work papers. I mean, think about your work papers. Okay. You have original documentation. You have lead sheets. Right. And you have the tax return. That's a There's a pattern there. So the thing about when you do financial reporting, there's a pattern that you're following. Well, there's also a pattern when it comes to analysis and consulting. Here's, Where you're going to win competitively is when you work through a system to provide analysis and consulting and your competitors are still focused on reporting when you're focused on getting it done and getting the end result so entrepreneur we're all dealing with entrepreneurs right our clients are entrepreneurs how many entrepreneurs do you know that care about their tax return how many entrepreneurs do you know who care about financial statements? What do they care about? They care about their business. They care about the bottom line. They care about getting, making improvements, getting it done. That's what an entrepreneur does. Um, when we look for members, we don't take everybody into the Wealth Building Network. When we look for members to come into our Wealth Building Network, and and most of them are CPAs, some of them are um, EAs and and other tax advisors. But when we look for members, we're looking for entrepreneurs who happen to be in the accounting profession. Entrepreneurs whose business is accounting, tax and accounting. So the reason for that is that if you're not an entrepreneur, how are you ever going to deal and understand your clients who are entrepreneurs? Right. So we have a reputation for being pencil pushers, being counters, right? Green eye shades. I mean, we all know it, right? We all hear this all the time. Ah, you're such a bean counter, right? You're so boring going. And, and some of us go, you know what? It's okay. I don't, I don't mind being boring. I don't think that our profession is made up of boring people. I think our profession actually makes people boring because I don't think that our profession has taken the time to take advantage of all the talent that we have within the profession. We're so focused on getting it right that we never get done what needs to be done, right? Accuracy, is that important? Absolutely. Computers can deal with accuracy. What computers can't do is analysis. What they can't do is hold the client's hand through a process. What they can't do is have social interaction. We can do that. Okay. So I'm going to read this because this is important. Okay. So if you've been listening to the Wealthability for CPA show um, for any amount of time at all, you've probably come to realize that I really believe that everyone – deserves to have a thriving practice that brings them a lot of joy. And that's fun, okay? Being a CPA should be fun. It should not be drudgery. It should not just be busy season, all stress and all that kind of stuff. What a horrible way to spend your life. It should be fun. You know, my goal in life is, is to ex- explain to people how taxes are fun, easy, and understandable. I think practices should be fun, easy, and understandable as well. So, it's been a challenging year. And uh, wealthability, Ability, we, you know, our goal is to help you, to help the CPA and accounting community get through challenging times and thrive. Actually, in challenging times, um, I know you know we we lost six month six weeks just doing the those PPP loans, right? So it's been a tough busy season for everybody. Everybody I talk to said world's longest busy season, right? So we're what we're doing is we're holding a special edition of our CPA Revolution Masterclass. Now I know that's a bold statement. That's a, it's a bold title for a class. When we talk about a a revolution, we mean a revolution. This is not, we don't want to be like um, the average big firm. In fact, I want to be like any, uh, there's no big firm that I aspire to. I aspire to be absolutely the best firm for my clients in the world. Okay. I want to be the only ones they come to. The ones that they they rely on so what we're doing is we're holding this revolution master class it's three days online it's going to be 8 a.m to 2 p.m pacific time so that's 11 a.m to 5 p.m eastern time we're going to do this in october so after october 15th after the filing deadline and we want you all to come okay it's October 19th through the 21st. So we'll give you a few days off, right, from busy season. And then we're going to have a blast. Uh, we've done the CPA Masterclass now for the last couple of years. And we do it once or twice a year. And I got to tell you, it is the most fun I have. Some of the most fun I have all year. And this is the first one we're doing online. So that'll be even more fun. Um, it, it's We don't, I don't believe in boring continuing education. Okay. Yes. There's 20 plus hours of continuing education. I think that's right. I get that right. 18. Sorry. There's 18 hours of continuing education. So you're going to get your hours. Okay. So set that aside. Now I think learning can be fun. I actually think it's the most fun I, in the whole world, if it's done right. But I think, but i truly believe that one of the challenges we have in our profession is we spend way too much time listening to boring people boring speakers who because they know something think they can teach it it's not the case teaching is a profession i spent 40 years in this teaching profession 14 years as an adjunct professor at Arizona State University in their master's program. I spent three years in the national tax office of Ernst & Young, really learning how to teach and creating programs for teaching. I spent the last 20 years teaching and training um, CPAs, um, investors, business owners. It ought to be fun, folks. Education, learning should be fun. So we're gonna have a fun three days. So it's going to be engaging. It's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a blast. Um, it will be life-changing. So here's what we're going to do. It's October 19th through the 21st. I want to make it really easy to participate. It's going to be virtual, so it's going to be just like this, right? It's going to be virtual so everybody can come. Everybody can come. So invite your uh, invite your colleagues. Invite other CPAs. You know, we are not about competition in the Wealth Building Network. We are about cooperation. Okay, we we believe that everybody that we can learn from everybody else, and the cooperation, you know, uh, um, a rising tide raises all ships. Right. So let's rise the tide of the CPA profession by joining together. In a network of CPAs to help each other. Right? Why are we, why, why are we being isolated? Why are we saying, well, if I if I if if I share something I know, then you know, then you'll be a, a competitor of mine. That's that's not the way it works. It's not the way it works, folks. We need to rise together as a profession. Okay. So October 19th through 21st, online. Um, so we're gonna it's it's all focused on business, right? This is not a technical session. This is all about your business and how to improve your business and how to really make this change to the new world um, with technology and analytics, etc. So here's what we're gonna do. Um, you're going to learn how to get paid up front for your work. Okay. So let's face it, right? We want to serve our clients. There's no question. We also would like to get paid. And we'd like to take one of the things I'd like to do is I'd like to help you take the stress out of billing and collection. I want you to completely eliminate the stress of billing and collection. I'm going to show you how during the three days. Okay. i I never have stress with billing and collection anymore unless I make a mistake and don't follow the system. Right? So we're gonna go through that system. Um I'd like you to be able to increase your hourly rate. Now, only if you increase your value. So what we're going to do is we're going to show you how to increase your value to the clients, which will allow you to increase your hourly rate. So, for example, if it takes you an hour to do something, I mean, let's say, for example, um, I've been doing this for 40 years, right? And I spend hours and hours reading law, et cetera. So somebody comes to me with a question, I can answer it most of the time in about five minutes. So what's my time worth? Right? It's not my time that's worth. What it's the value is, the value is in the answer. So let's, this is what we're gonna lo- learn is how to increase the value to our clients. And while we're increasing the value, let's increase what we're char- Let's make sure we're charging appropriately. Let's change that. We're gonna charge appropriately for the value we deliver. We're not just gonna you know, willy nilly raise rates. Okay. next. um, okay. here's the what's the what's the golden egg? The golden egg is um, the high net worth client. Right. That's what we're all looking for. And I'm not talking about just high net worth clients. I'm talking about any client who's willing to participate in the process. Clients who participate are better clients, clients who just say you just take care of it. They're terrible clients because they never appreciate what you do because they never understand what you do. Okay. So let's take the time and let's actually figure out how to bring in better clients and keep them forever and make them constantly more happy and adding more services. Right. I just, just this morning, as I'm getting ready for this, a client sending me an email saying, okay, I'm ready to do more work with you guys. Okay. I know you had to get ready for it. You're ready now. I'm ready to join you. Um, I want you to be able to scale your accounting firm. So uh, whether you're already a seven-figure firm, whether you want to be an eight-figure firm, uh, wherever you want to be on that scale, okay? We have members who want to be nine-figure firms. You know, they want to be $100 million firms, $200 million firms. That's great, all right? What we don't want to do is we don't want to be like everybody else. Okay, so we're going to show you actually how to be unique to the world. Um, I believe everybody's unique to the world, and we just don't know it, and we haven't identified our uniqueness. And so come to our master class, October 19th through 21st. We're going to talk about increasing, uh, eliminating the, the billing and collection mess that most of, most people are in, Uh, taking the stress out of billing and collection, uh, increasing our revenues by increasing our value, okay? We're going to talk about creating systems, having better systems to create more efficiency in our practice, and how to do this all without working 80 hours a week, okay? So just so you know, I devote, so we have a a practice. It's in the seven figures, Okay. And I devote about, um, during busy season, I'll devote maybe 20 hours a week. Non-busy season, maybe 10 hours a week. And that's it. That's all the time I spend. And I make money that most people would be very happy with. So you do not have to work the long hours, nor do you have to do that to your staff. Okay, so come join me. The Masterclass, CPA Revolution Masterclass, Wealth Ability Network, um, October 19th through 21st. Um, uh, We're going to put a link in here so that you can sign up. Okay, so just go to to that link and click on it and sign up um, so that you can create better clients, a better practice, and a better life, not just now during a pandemic, but for the rest of your life, so that you're happier, your staff is happier, and your clients are far more successful and will stay with you forever. See you then. You've been listening to the WealthAbility for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com.